0: Yo, what is going on guys? It is James Lockery of the Everything Cavaliers podcast. Uh yeah. We all know what happened and this is this is tough. It's really tough. It's something unthinkable and just something that nobody can believe that can believe it really happened i mean such an icon just gone so soon like i never understood when or this is the first time where like a celebrity has passed it's really impacted me um like when people like mac miller or like x or juice world passed or even to go back a little bit like michael jackson and prince like i never really had a significance or like a connection to that person. So I never really got it until now. Um, Kobe, I'm not going to front. Like I was never the biggest Kobe guy. I was always a LeBron guy. Just play style preference, but I'm not going to get into that today. Um, Ever since he retired, my appreciation grew for him even more just because of how skillful he actually was and how dedicated to his craft he was Um, at like reading his book and watching his films and stuff, just his intense desire to be great. And I think that's something that all of us can, can learn from. Um, I think the one that stands out to me the most is he read through the, the referee's handbook multiple times to figure out where the refs would um, stand on the floor. And so in that moment he knew what he could get away with and what he couldn't because he knew from the angles the referees were at that he that they couldn't see certain things so he could get away with some stuff to give him an advantage and you know that's just it's just an ultimate competitor thing and you don't hear that like I just I don't know um this is as everyone as it's hit everyone I mean it's really brought, I think, the NBA community together, and just in general, um, he w- Kobe's arguably the biggest ambassador for international basketball, and he helped grow the game more than almost anyone. I you could definitely argue that he grew, he's grown basketball more than anyone has. Um, <clears throat> I just even being like fans who never knew him, I can't even imagine. I don't know how players played yesterday. I I was for canceling the games, and I know that's not co- what Kobe would have wanted. But to these guys, they're that's their mentor, their idol, their friend. Like you have like Devin Booker and Bradley Beal and all these guys crying and on the floor while the, while the game's happening and the Carmelo interview afterwards. Um, how he said it was the hardest game he's ever had to play. Like wasn't even thinking about basketball the reporters kept asking him basketball related questions and to like dive into his relationship with kobe but he said basketball is the furthest thing from his mind and like well he was on the bench he'd check out like mentally and emotionally and he would have to like check himself back in for when he'd go into the games and i just i don't know how you do that losing someone so close and so important to you it's i don't know It hasn't gotten any easier, and I can't imagine it will get any easier. Um, it's, I don't, I don't want to harp on it too much because everyone's blowing out of proportion and whatnot, but, or not blowing out of proportion, but everyone's talking about it. And I, I mean, we have to celebrate Kobe, we have to be grateful and celebrate the things he did, and that he's in a better place now. Um, yes. So we'll from here on out, we'll get on to the regularly scheduled scheduled episode. So the Cavs have been frustrating to say the least. Uh try to keep it as clean as possible for my godson. Shout out to you, Jameson. But um losing the last seven, uh, it feels like so long ago that we played Denver and just that that great win where the young backcourt led us against one of the best teams in the Western Conference. And that feels like so long ago. Um, I It's just so, like I said, I can't say anything other than frustrating. Um, I th- I think the most annoying part has to be the effort. Like, there just, just seems to be very little a lot of the time. And it's a team who doesn't have the defensive talent anyways. You know you have to, t- to try. Like, trying is a lot of defense, or it's at least half the battle. And <laughs> this team feels worse than they were defensively last year. And that's almost not possible. But I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'm just going off. Pure, like, recency bias and emotion. But this team, oof. Such little defense. <laughs> I just, uh, But, like, I just don't, their collapses are so, like, expected at this point, And that's so sad. Like, the game against, the last game against the Bulls, I was, um at a cigar bar in beautiful Lakewood, Ohio, and they were up 18 points. And the next five to 10 minutes, I leave I leave the bar, and I go get in the car and the radio, and it's like a five-point game, or like the Bulls had tied it. It's, uh, I, mm. Beeline has just been kind of head-scratching at this point. Um, you know, for someone who has been coaching since Dr. Nate Smith invented basketball. You'd think he'd like understand like momentum swings and stuff like that, but it doesn't see, like, I okay to give him a, the benefit of the doubt college is different than the NBA, but it's just like when the team, when the team you're playing is making a run and your best players on the bench, you have to get them back in the game. Like that's just common knowledge. And in that game, he left love and sex on the bench too long and, the rest was history. We blew an 18 point lead again. Um, and then the Knicks, the next game, the effort sucked. It's just been so frustrating. I, they're hard to watch. They really are. Um, and with Kevin Porter being out and Darius Garland not being good the last five handful of games or so, they've been really hard to watch. Um, I know Garland had the flu and stuff like that, but he hasn't been good. Um, yeah, this. That's really it. It's just, it's just a giant mess. And the thing that does seem to confuse me a little bit is I know this team is young, but it closes out the games with guys that have been there before. Like Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, they've been there. They've won at the highest level. It is so confusing that they can't close out some of the games. Like I don't expect them to close out every game by any means, but they haven't closed out any game. Like, I can't remember the last time denver was the last time they closed out a game and that was what seven eight games ago and they've had big leads in i'd say four or five of the games <laughs> it's it's something that i don't imagine is going to get better at least this season um yeah it's it's ex- and like i said it's sad that it's expected at this point but to get to shift more to the guards um Sexton has played really well as of late. He's arguably been our best player. But Darius Garland, he was trending in the right direction for sure. And then the last couple games, he has not been. Um, but a thing that I'm starting to buy more into is he said he was a like a pass-first point guard prior to the draft. I didn't really see that just because his Vanderbilt team sucks so bad. Um, I'm starting to buy into it more and more. His instinct isn't really to look for his own shot, which I kind of wish it was at times because there's, there's times where he has a space to get a shot off and it's better than a lot of times I'd feel better about that shot than the shot they get sometimes. But I kind of long for more of a Trey Young Dame vibe. Uh, And I mean, he does have similar transferable skills um, compared to the two like off the shoot off shooting off the live dribble and having the handle. Um, it might not be realistic. It's probably wishful thinking because I'm not sure that's just in his DNA as a player. Um, I do – I mean, the three-point percentage is something to be desired. I know – I think he's at like 35% right now for the season, and it's just not good. I know Trey Young's was bad the first half of the year last year while he was getting stuff figured out. And, I mean – we should give Darius Garland even more time because he played four games in college. And yeah, we, we just need to be patient with them, even though it is incredibly frustrating. Um, but he is, he is getting to the rim fairly easily, and I don't know if that has majority of the way defenses are playing him or his ability just to get to the basket, but he is not finishing well. I, he's a, like the 13th percentile in the league when it comes to finishing around the rim. And that's no, I'm no rocking scientist anymore, but even I can tell that's not too good. And I'm sure, I'm sure being in the 13th percent of anything is not good. Um, Like I said, it's just frustrating because he'll get to the rim with ease and then he'll make it, he'll make a nice move. He'll like, he'll make you sit up a little bit, lean forward in your chair. And then he just smokes the layup. And I, I hope that gets better if I had to bet it'll get better because I mean, I think Darius is going to be a really good player. And if he doesn't get better that, he's not going to be a really good player. So it's, it's just the ebbs and the flows, I guess of a young guard who's undersized and not explosive. You just have to deal with it. And I hope, you know, when the season comes to an end, he'll be at 38% from three or above. Um, I know we all want him to have like, to go how Sexton did last year. He was incredible the last six weeks of the year, but I just I don't know if Darius will get there. And you know that's okay. Nobody even expected it from Colin. Um, yeah, we just have we just have to be patient with it. And it's like I said, this team. There's the, my interest level drops so much when. Neither Garland or Porter Junior. on the floor, and with Porter Junior. being hurt, it's just when this when the lineup is like Deli Sexton, Exum, Nance, and Henson, like I, it's tough to watch because I'm longing for those young guys to play, and the times they aren't out there, it's really hard. They're they are hard to watch. Um, let's talk about Colin Sexton a little bit. Um, he's been Cavs hot button player for quite a while now um i want to say cav's twitter has been really annoying about him um you know you either there's only two extremes to the spectrum there's not anything in between you either have to be like a diehard fan that and you think he can't do any wrong or you hate him there's just apparently no in between and i've tried to be in between but i've gotten grilled from either sides <laughs> so it's 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 tough to talk about sex and on twitter um Let me offer you guys some advice. Um, Just Sexton fans, Cavs fans, basketball fans, sports fans in general. Learn to be able to take the fan glasses off. I know it's great. I know emotion and subjectivity is awesome. But learn to be objective. Learn Learn to analyze how your eyes tell you. Like he's... Collin's a good player. He can get to the rim, he can score, but he can't pass. Even though last game, I will admit, I did tweet it out, that his passing has been surprisingly good as of late. And hopefully that continues, but in his career arc, he is not. He couldn't hit an open guy if there was no defenders on the floor. And sure, that's hyperbole, but it's it's just true. He hasn't been a good passer, and that's okay. Um, and nobody wants... Like garbage takes that evoke emotion and have no sub- substances. <laughs> National media. <clears throat> Anyone who listens or reads, listens to me or reads um, my Twitter and I babble about Sexton, um, you know, I think he's a solid NBA player, but he has glaring flaws. It's, does it mean I think he's going to be an all star every year? No. Does it mean I despise him and want him to be traded? No, of course not. That's, that's just silly. Most, <clears throat> most of the league for years to come. I mean, I think he'll be a scoring punch for that. And he will definitely be, I think he's best suited as a six man. I think any rational Cavs fan or anyone who's watched Colin can see that. Um, he brings the energy, brings a defense, the improving defense and brings the, the scoring. And it's just, he's carved out for a six man role. He just is. That's, that's just how it is. Um, but it's not – that's not a bad thing. Like, we got – not everyone's LeBron. Not everyone's Kyrie. Like, they're – di- they're – have been every so often. LeBron's once in once in a lifetime. Um, and especially with the eighth overall pick, an NBA player is no means guaranteed. Like, I, I looked at the eighth pick in the draft over the last 15 years. And Rudy Gay is the best one. And that was back in 2006. The eight yeah, there's just not good history with the eighth pick. It's like Nick Stauskas, Marquise Christ, Brandon Knight, former Cavaliers, by the way. All had been on the Cavs, but um just hasn't been good. And that we got there's it's just been a lot of garbage. And the fact that we got Colin in that slot, that's amazing. He's gonna be more than that. I think we all know he's an NBA player at this point. No matter how you feel about him. Does that mean he's an all star or the next coming of of LeBron or anything, no. But like I said, it's okay. Everyone needs a good six man. It's can he be like a poor man's Lou Williams in time? You know that's the goal. But no, who knows? Just take it for what it is. Enjoy the process. Like I said, it's going to be frustrating. It's going to be long. But we haven't. This is the first time post LeBron. First time we didn't really have it. We had it with Kyrie. That's it. But there was no like. There's no light at the end of the tunnel projecting like playoffs really. Um, But yeah, I I think this team, the young guys they have, the young guys they will acquire in the near future, be this draft, the next one, assuming they keep their picks. I don't know. I doubt they'll fall out of the top 10. Um, We're going to get more good talent coming in. (laughs) Who knows if it'll be a guard or not, but um, yeah, just enjoy it, man. Like, Take the small victories, the the good nights Colin Hasbury. I think he had 29 last game. Just, just enjoy it. Life's too short, guys. Life's way too short to be harping on this stuff and to be extremely critical or take it so seriously. Like it, It's a game. In the end, it's a game. And guys are just out there to have fun, make a livelihood. And it's entertaining. And just enjoy it. Um, And so I the last topic I want to talk about is the Kevin Love trade market. Um, you know, I read that Portland is out of it, so you may be thinking, you know, what's next? Um, I've heard that Sacramento is kind of kicking the tires on it and trying to make a playoff push. Um, do I think that's the smartest move? Mm, I don't really know. the The timeline, their timeline, is weird to me. They have, I mean, they're obviously a young team with with a, a garbage coach. I'm sorry, I don't know why they fired Dave Yeager. and went to Luke Walton. I I'll never understand that. Dave almost had them in the playoffs last year. Luke Walton sucks as a head coach. He sucks. I'm sorry. I'm I'm just being frank about it because he was good. He was part of that Golden State coaching staff. It's assistant coach, sure. Head coach, hell no. Like, and he's gonna keep getting oppor- un- opportunities. Because of who he is. Which sucks. And another franchise is going to be burdened with his head coaching ability. (laughs) Anyways, I digress. Uh, Kevin Love to the Kings. I, I really don't think he'll propel them to the playoffs. I don't think he's necessarily that type of player. Does he make them better? Yeah, of course. But does he get them to where they want to be? I don't think so. With how tough the West is. And... Another thing I was wondering, like, how would this trade work? So from what I saw and what I kind of played around with is we'd get, get back Bogdanovich, who is a free agent at the end of the year. He's a 27-year-old, like 2-3, who can score. Always needed. Cavs could use him. Um, he'd play the three exclusively. He'd never play the two, considering our roster construction. Um, but I only think the Cavs would entertain this idea of, they got confirmation from Bogey that he would re-sign because why would they trade Kevin Love for a salary dump? They said they're not going to do that, and I can't imagine they're going to do it now. And Dwayne Deadman, who also sucks, but just to make the money work. And a second-round pick. You know, I'd be okay with that. Is it the most glamorous deal? No. But would I be mad at it? No. I mean, the Kevin Love trade market, is, it's damn near shriveled up. I... The discrepancy in value or perceived value between the Cavs and the rest of the league, I think, is it's too wide. And I think the Cavs are going to have to temper their expectations on what they're going to get for them. I think they have to a certain degree. But unfortunately, I think they might have to even more. And it doesn't help that this free agency class sucks. And teams are trying to save for 2021, you know, when Giannis is a free agent and stuff. No team's going to tie up money now, especially with a player like Kevin Love. If it were last year, maybe if i say if it were last year, there was a good chance he got traded. But with the contract and him being hurt, it just didn't work out. So I do think Kevin Love is going to be here past the trade deadline. And, you know, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I'm going to... I'll just say it's good because I just talked about enjoying the process and it's a game and stuff like that. Like, I have so so much love, pun fully intended, for Kevin. Um, He obviously was brought this city a championship. It's my love for anyone on that team will never waver, like at all. I can just compartmentalize it (laughs) to a degree because he pissed me off for the last month or so, or probably two weeks ago. I think he was pissing everybody off, but I guess we just have to deal with it and we're going to be getting Kevin love for at least the rest of the season. And he probably won't get traded in the summer. So we'll have to go through this until next trade deadline when he becomes more tradable, as long as he's healthy. Um, Cause it's one less year on his contract teams have to pay him. But again, that free agency class is still coming up. So I don't, I don't know. Um, no, it's this league is just so weird. It's weird. Nobody knows it's ever going to happen. So I'm not even going to try and speculate on what could potentially come of this whole situation. Oh, another thing. Revi- going back to the Kings, how they benched Buddy Hield for Bogdanovich. I mean, shoot. If you guys want to send Buddy Hield our way, I wouldn't be mad. I know, I know, he's another undersized guard, but he'd be the best player on our team by a long shot. I think dude can score dude can shoot it's i i'd welcome it even though we'd have 8 million guards as we already do but again we're just trying to acquire talent at this point i don't think you necessarily have to worry about fit yet um i think it all depends on who it'll be really telling on who they go with in the draft depending on where they fall um cuz if they're at number 1 i definitely think they should go Anthony Edwards even though he's a he's another guard he's a two but he's just, I think, in my opinion, the best player in the draft by a long shot. Um, he's just shot creation and offensive ability and defensive potential. He's shown that he's a good on-ball defender. It's just I don't think anyone in the class is super close to him. And I think he'll be – he projects, I think, to be like a Donovan Mitchell type type player on a scoring two-guard who could pass a little bit, play a little bit of defense. Is kind of bouncy. And – and may take some bad shots, lower efficiency, but he's a good scorer regardless. So you just got to live with it. Um, and then, I mean, I've heard a lot of James Wiseman amongst Cavs fans, and on paper, sure, great. He's a 7 1, 250 pound big who can, who, he moves well. You know, he can block some shots. But that's, I mean, the physical stuff is there, the on paper, tangible stuff is there. Like, you, you can't deny it, but he's not really good at anything other than that. Like, he can't shoot. He can't defend, especially in space. He's not a great – he's not a really good passer. Um, like I say, he, he moves well and can block shots. So if the Cavs are like eight somehow, then sure. But I have a lot of guys higher – on my list than James Wiseman, especially as I've read Warren to like NBA draft Twitter, because I was high on Wiseman. Again, I fell into the look because I mean, pretty much every draft class guys do this. They look the part. So they're going to get drafted high. That's I'm still that way with Stanley freaking Johnson. I'm still on that Hill. I think he's going to be good. And I'm, I refuse. I'm going to die on it. He was one of my favorite players coming out of that class. And I I just thought Stanley Johnson was it. I didn't think Jalen Brown was it. I thought it was Stanley Johnson. But clearly I was wrong. And I'm not willing to accept that. And you can't tell me otherwise. Stanley Johnson will be good. You heard it here first. But and even like with this last draft and Cam Reddish, like there are such mixed reports, like to the to the naked eye, like he looks apart, silky jumper. He's got some moves, you know. And he has he makes the highlight plays that like wow, like Paul George, holy crap. But you know, the experts didn't really like him, obviously, for pretty clear reasons. I gotta give him give him credit though the last like seven games he's been good, but that's just a small sample size. Um sorry, that was that was a tangent that was kind of all over the place. But I'm out on Wiseman at number one <laughs> it was basically the uh the whole point of that. Um like I said, at seven or eight, sure but he's a less skilled like Marvin Bagley and Marvin Bagley isn't exactly lighting up the league. So yeah, take. I mean, if you don't want to take my word for it, read anyone or most people who, you know, talk and write about the draft Uh, Trevor, Trevor Magnotti at at illegal screens on Twitter is really good. He's one of the people I go to the most for like draft stuff. I read his stuff a lot. Um, Yeah. The, This re this renaissance, sorry, is going to be really weird, and <laughs> hopefully they draft smart and whatnot. So yeah, okay, I'm I'm done rambling. Um, basically, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm done. So look forward to young guard play and more passive aggressive actions and cryptic IG posts from Kabanov. Uh. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'll wrap things up there. Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode and listening to me rant the whole time about nothing. Um, You can find me on Twitter at James underscore Lockery seven or at underscore everything Cavs. I'm really active on there. I tweet multiple times a day from the Cavs account more so than my personal one. Um, Tweet me or message me. If you agree, think I'm an idiot or just want to discuss like anything else. I'm, I, I love this talk. Anyone who knows me knows that. And until next time, this is James Lockery of the Everything Cavaliers Podcast signing out.